Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Do you ever catch yourself daydreaming about running your own baking business? Brace yourself for a fun ride as I share inspiring stories of dreamers just like you turned doers. The podcast that takes you on a mouth-watering journey into the world of baking and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Lauren the Cheerful Baker, and let's get started. Thank you, Andrea, so much for joining me today on the podcast. I've been looking so forward to talking to you because we have so much in common. Our love of flowers um, and lots of other things. So I will let you introduce yourself. Um, I'm Andrea of Andy Cookies. I'm out of Wichita, Kansas. Um, I've had my cookie business for uh, 11, 12 years now. Really? Yeah, I have. I've been doing cookies that long. Um, and let's see what else. I appeared on uh, Food Network season one because I'm an oldie. Um, and that was before we had a clue what we were doing. <laughs> so I was literally going in blind to that one. Um, I teach at CookieCon. I was keynote speaker for last time we were in Orlando at CookieCon. What else is there? I'm in my cookie camper. I have a vintage um, tiny little camper that I go around town and do my cookie pop-ups at businesses and things. So I'm actually in it right now. And I'm a wife and have two kids that are still asleep right now inside. (laughs) So Andrea, let's take it back. Let's take it way back because you've been doing cookies for 12 years. You're like a cookie OG. Because yeah. there weren't that many cookie, they there weren't that many cookie artists back no, then. Not at all. So I'm always curious. Were, what were you like as a kid? Were you were you creative? Were you yeah. constantly drawing and? Yes. So I was always an artist. Um, that was my favorite class in all schools. Uh, my mom was very artsy. Uh, we always were creating. We did craft shows back in the day where we would create wreaths and things together. I mean. <laughs> Ridiculous. So we were always doing something. Um, and then I, my mom and I actually bought a flower shop, uh, which I believe is a form of art too. And yes. we bought this existing flower shop and it had a gift shop um, that had like at Christmas time, there were 11 Christmas trees, you know, so I got to decorate all the Christmas trees and we did that together. And my mom passed away um, less than a year of owning it. So then I became a 24 year old business owner. And I just submerged myself in the world of flowers. I really, really did. Like that was my haven that I learned everything I could. I was doing wedding flowers. And so that was definitely an art for me. Um, so yeah. And I've always been a builder, a creator. Uh, my dad says I have an engineering brain. I don't know why I didn't go into engineering for the big bucks, but I didn't. So yeah, I've always been that girl. You know, it's, we're very similar. So my dad worked in agriculture and horticulture when I was growing up. He, he taught at Eastern Kentucky university. And so I went to the school that was hooked on to the university. So when I, for the grade school. So when I, whenever I was young, I would walk over to his office when I finished school And he would walk me to the flower cooler and he would say, these are the flowers that you can use. These are the flowers that are for the classes. 
And I'm not kidding, hours. I would sit there for hours and I would decorate um, vases, you know, with these floral designs. I had no idea what I was doing, but it just made me so incredibly happy. And then I took lots of floral designing classes. And um, then I actually worked in a florist while I was in college. And I've often thought, you know, if this cookie thing doesn't work out, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yes. I, I honestly, I loved it so much. And it sounds really strange. Okay. So I don't think I've ever told anybody this other than like my husband. So we've had a lot of loss in my life growing up, like a lot of deaths. And so funerals don't bother me like they probably do a lot of people. And I always wanted, I, I always wanted to be a funeral director because because i've sat in so many funeral planning things you know and i'm good with like grief that sounds so weird but one of my favorite flower things to do is actually funeral flowers for the casket because it is so massive and so big and it's like this full-on piece of art and it sounds morbid because it's on a casket but there is there is beauty in it and comforting to family so I always, I always said, if cookies don't work out for me, I'm totally going to go apply it like funeral homes because I really think I could do it. Just the, you know, personal selling the things. Play, play hey, that's great. That's great yeah. that you have that gift. God yeah. gives us all different gifts and we need all different types of people, right? If we were all the same, it'd be pretty boring. <laughs> mine, mine is apparently death. So <laughs> what's your favorite flower? Do you have a favorite flower? Oh, I love peonies. I think peonies are just, Me too. oh my gosh. They are, they have so many phases of them, you know, from the little bud to, they're just beautiful. Um, I love a hollyhock. It's a very underrated flower because it's a very tall on a stalk. It's gorgeous. But um, I grew up. I mean, I'm in Kansas and irises have always been huge. My grandmother and grandpa had um, an iris backyard, like of every variety, and they would cross breeds so that they'd have these unique colors and stuff. So I love irises, but I think a peony is probably, it's my favorite. I agree. (laughs) It's my favorite flower. The peony is beautiful. Like you said, the bud of a peony is absolutely beautiful because it's so large. And it's really interesting because I take lots of classes for fun. I think as as artists and creators, we need to keep our cup full, right? So I just signed up to do an online class of florals. Nice. And one of the florals, it's a, it's a more advanced class. And one of them is a, a very large peony made of chocolate. Oh, oh, I'm so excited about sitting so in my house. And, and doing... <laughs> have you ever worked with the chocolate thing? I, I have, I've done a little bit with, I mean, I've done with modeling chocolate, but I've, I've used modeling chocolate in molds. I've never made flowers with it. Yeah, so I will never forget years ago, early cookie con, because I've been to nine, I think, something like that. Um, But I remember one of the core classes that I attended was uh, Tweets. She did um, melting chocolate, and she showed how she did it to create flower petals. It was so cool to watch because I I love that. I love different mediums that people use. I'm not a fondant person. I might be a little anti-fondant. <laughs> it doesn't taste as good. 
<laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, you use molds and that kind of thing. So it's not, to me, it's not, oh my gosh, I'm going to get haters on this. It's not as artful. Right. As having yeah, I, I like fondant for little small details. Like if I'm doing a flower, if I'm doing a, a, a hundred cookies and I need yeah. one little flower on it, then I'll right. do little fondant flowers. But a whole cookie made of fondant, not not my favorite thing. No, not my favorite <laughs> thing either. No. In fact, it's so funny, Andrea, because I just watched your Christmas cookie challenge episode. Oh. And, and the one girl got booted because her cookie yeah. I knew. I thought, don't do it. Don't put fondant all over that cookie. Don't the judges it. are going to boot you out of there. <laughs> yeah. And I always want to take that clip of the judge saying, why would you put fondant on a cookie? And I'm like, I just want to replay that all the time for people. Food Network right. says, don't do it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so. so one thing I noticed whenever you, whenever I was watching the show is you mentioned how that year, that previous year, you had won an award at CookieCon for one of your cookies. So tell us about that. Oh gosh, that's now that's a funny story. So that was my second CookieCon I ever attended. And I was so, I was like, go big or go home. So I did a huge Beauty and the Beast because it, the, I think it was movies and cinema was the category. So mm -hmm. I did this big and I still have the cookie. I kept it. I've had it all these years. It's like hard as a rock, but it was a huge, <laughs> like 11 inch beauty and the beast where I piped a rose coming off of the cookie. And then of course, with the, the glass globe over it and petals falling. And anyway, so I'm sitting at the table at cookie con and it was a different kind of year for cookie con because Mike and Karen had their children do the awards Aww. and they were, they were a little young. And I don't know that they were very articulate on um, going from just random prize winners to winners. And so I'm sitting there and they said my name and I jumped up and I ran up real quick and I grabbed my thing from Karen. I was like, thanks. And I ran back and sat down and Bobby Barton is with me and she looks at me and she goes, what you doing? And I go, <laughs> I go what? She goes, placed second in the category and I go no I didn't I won a raffle prize and she goes no you just won <laughs> second place and I was like mortified because I had just run up and people thought I was like mad that I didn't like win first I thought I just won a raffle and was like trying to get out of the way for the winners you know and <laughs> I, I went up to Karen afterwards and I was like oh my gosh, Karen, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I feel like an idiot. Thank you so much. And she was like, well, it's okay. You know, she's like the nicest human ever. But me being an idiot, I completely missed the moment that I placed at CookieCon. Oh. And I've never so, entered again. <laughs> so some people don't know what CookieCon is. Would you like to explain? I don't know anyone that's been there as many times as you've been there. Oh, really? Yeah. I no, that's awesome. I love cookie con. Um, cookie con is basically like comic con, but it's for cookie people and we don't dress up in costumes. Uh, no, it's a huge convention of like-minded people that we just, we talk cookie. And when I first went, it was my very first trip I ever took without my children. Um, and my husband was like, go, you need to go. And it was in Salt Lake city. Um, I went and I found my people, I found my tribe. It was like 
they talk my language, right? I can just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, did you see what she just did with that uh, tipless bag? Oh, she just put that like, all, you know, and they were like, yes, you know, we we're talking the same thing. And I fell in love with it. I just, the people became like my family. I have um, people that I call my best friends that I met at Cookie Con and they have been there for me in life and in cookie life. And right. I, I just, I'm so thankful for CookieCon for bringing that and giving that to me. So I love it. I remember when I first started making cookies, a friend yeah. of mine said, you're a cookier now. And I'm like, I'm a what? <laughs> she said, that's what you're called. You're called a cookier. I said, yeah. okay, that, that sounds good. And then she yeah. said, are you going to CookieCon? And I said, what is CookieCon? And so yeah. she just explained, she explained oh, it so like fun. you did. And I thought, there's a convention for yep. cookies? <laughs> How much better can that be? I know. And people are like, so you like eat cookies the whole time? And I'm like, not really. I mean, sort of, but not, we just talk cookies. And they're like, what is there You're to talk inspired. about? And I'm like, you don't get it. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's just, oh, it's a, and it's become more act as the years have gone by because back in the original ones there were like 300 400 people so it was very intimate and we didn't have the breakout sessions we didn't have um all these but we didn't have the mixers we didn't have all these bonus things that everybody gets now so you know people have said the price has gone up over the years well absolutely it's gone up because it has blown up so much from when i first started going to what you get now it is like tenfold jam-packed weekend full of learning and relationships and just i love cookie con i really do i love the people that run it i think it's an amazing event and i love that people invest in themselves when right. they it is it's an investment in me as a human being and as an individual as opposed to just a mom but also as yes. a cookie artist and i love it it's so, it, I think the, the interesting thing about CookieCon is when you've been making cookies for a long time, like you and I have, you might be under the impression that you're going to go and you're not going to learn anything new yes. because you've yes. done, Yep. It, that's not it. No. You learn, you learn. I remember at the last CookieCon, I took yep. Sam's class, Sam's yep. Cookie Company, because yep. I love Sam and I wanted to support her. And I don't remember the exact tip that she gave. Oh, it was how to cut a tipless bag. I've used 10,000 tipless bags yep. and I cut it uh, with the seam. Well, then yep. she turned it around and she cut it again and it made the hole more round. And no yep. one, I had never thought to do that. And I thought, man, that one little tip was worth it. Yeah. And when I teach, because I teach workshops at CookieCon, my favorite moment every single time is when the classroom, they all go, oh, like I just threw something out there that they didn't know or haven't learned or something that I do that they don't. Right. Oh, and I'll never forget my very first one this last time, 15 minutes into the very first class, I was teaching something and the girl dropped everything. She goes, and that made everything worth it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, that's awesome. So I love it. I really do. And the things that you do and I do are completely different and I can right. learn techniques and things from you i mean to say that i can't learn anything would be like the most ignorant statement right ever. right so, no, I love soaking in things from other cookie people and even videos seeing how they use their their hands or their tools or stuff i'm 
I'm always soaking it in and watching. So I love it. So how do you think, what is the style of Andy Kay's cookies? And how do you think your floral design experience mm. went into that style? Oh, well, I can answer that pretty easy. So <laughs> I, I think that when I sit down to create, we'll talk about when I create a workshop because those okay. I use florals. I sit down and I am looking at pictures of a real flower. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. we got so used to there for a while. And I love Callie, Sweet Sugar Bell, but she did that little swirl rose. Well, it's simple and it's cute and everybody was doing it, but there's no real flower that looks like that. Do you know? Right. So yes. I like to create things based off of real flowers. So when I sit down to create, that's what I'm trying to, I'm replicating a real flower as opposed to somebody else's work or right. something funky that you're never gonna see in real life. But also I really am passionate about being true to a cookie. So whatever I create and put on a cookie is going to be intended to be eaten. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you're never gonna see massive peony flowers from me. You might see miniature ones, but you're never gonna see a true to life peony on a cookie because my customers would never eat that. Right. I would, how would you even package that? I'm very confused. Yeah. So, sugar yeah. shock. You instantly yeah. go into sugar shock too when you eat a flower that big. If I wouldn't eat it, I'm not going to ask somebody else to. So I really, I mean, I have style of I'll recreate really pretty sets, but when it comes to flowers, I think that I'm like, I really try to stay true to nature because I create pods and I create pine cones and acorns that look like nature. So right. how do you want to, title that that's kind of where i go with it that's kind of where i feel strongly about it well um it's it, the the class that you're doing in the upcoming cookie con uh -huh. that is what drew me to the photograph because you go to the website and you look at everybody's glasses yeah. and think oh which one yeah. would i want to take yeah. and in your picture stop the scroll for me oh. because it really did it it looked unlike anyone else's yeah. And, and it looked very realistic. And I thought I was really drawn to that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So when I create a cookie con class, it's brand new. Like I don't re um, reuse classes like every cookie con it's brand new material. And I sit down for months creating. It's ridiculous. I have taken pictures of my desk and there is just mounds of things, failures yes i like that can i pull that off in four hour workshop you know there's so much thought that goes into it but i it's my it's one of my favorite things is the creating process for workshops because i'm literally just playing with icing and i love it so much i really do it's like cookie collabs i love cookie collabs because yeah. it it gives you the opportunity to yeah. be creative you're yeah. not going to sell it to someone you're not going to probably ever eat it. You just oh, get to think outside of the box. Everything's yeah. messy. There's icing in my hair. I, I love that. Okay. So that's funny. You said that when I did, I don't know if it was the same for you. When Food Network called me, they needed me to do a video intro. So I had to record a video intro, you know, like, hi, I'm Andrea of Andy Case Cookies. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. And then I went, Oh my gosh, I had a huge glob of icing on my glasses, right? And I kept the video and that's the video I sent in. And I'm like, 
if that doesn't say real cookie person, I don't know what does. Cause it was a massive mound of icing. And I'm like, that's real life right there. <laughs> that's okay. probably what got you on the show. <laughs> I say that all the time. Absolutely. So, um, so I notice when I'm, I'm looking at your background that you have flowers above your head. I do. So, so tell us, and this is one of the coolest things I think is tell us where you're sitting. Yeah. So I'm in cookie. It's the name of my cookie camper. It's, I have a link. I have a um, video on my YouTube channel that gives you a full tour of the inside of my camper. Oh. But I, I was in bed one night thinking, what can I do to my cookie business to make it a little different from everybody else? Right. And I got this crazy idea because I grew up camping. My family went camping all the time in pop-up campers is what we did. So I was laying in bed one night and I went, oh, I wonder if there's a little <laughs> camper, like an old vintage. And I'm like, surely not. And I'm like, could that work? Would my husband like divorce me? You know, so I literally got on Facebook Marketplace and I found this camper in Houston, Missouri. Didn't even know that existed. Wow. I called her the very next morning because it was like midnight, right? I called her and I'm like, I want the camper. She's like, well, I've got somebody else talking to me. And I'm like, but I want the camper. I'll be there in a couple of days with cash. And she's like, well, could you send me a deposit? And I'm like, yes, I want the camper. So we drove that weekend to pick her up and it was a process getting it rebuilt because it had water damage and it had, it was a process. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but I did, I got it last October, September, October, and I started decorating it and it rolled out for Halloween was my very first pop-up. And it's been such a success for me that every time I roll it out and I let my customers know I've sold out every single time, usually in an hour I sell out, but I have places call me that want to come to their events or, Hey, we're having a, um, business like appreciation day. Would you like to come? Absolutely. You know, it's just so fun because it's so small and I can haul it myself. I back it up myself. I unhook it. I do it all. And I love it. I love it. I say if I didn't have kids or husband, I'd probably be living in it and traveling <laughs> the country because I love it so much. So didn't you go to a concert backstage of a concert? I did. So we have a huge um, arena here in downtown. And they contacted me and said, we have a crazy idea. We saw you on Instagram with your camper. And it was like a month into me having it out and about. And they said, we have Reba McIntyre coming to Wichita. And we want to put your camper backstage for her and her band. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, sorry, come again. What? What? And they're like, yeah, it's small enough. We think we get it in backstage next to her dressing room. And oh my goodness. So perfect. And I'm like, um, okay. And so I went and met with them. I looked at the space and I'm like, yes, please. How much do I need to pay you? For right. And they're like, oh, I think it would be fantastic. You know, for her band and crew, it's about 50 people. And I'm like, well, that's per, I mean, fantastic. Cause I only had a week. So I did Reba McIntyre cookies. They had a huge sign that they put up backstage saying Andy Kay's cookie camper from I don't remember what it was, four to six, grab your sweets. 
So her wow. band, everybody was coming through and getting Reba. Um, and I did like, <clears throat> I put pictures of them online. So much fun. Um, but I was, I was literally backstage for Reba. Terry Clark, do you remember Terry Clark, the singer? She was her opening act. You probably would have heard the songs. She actually came and was like in the camper, like, what is this? You know, and I'm like, right? I know. So yeah, I was like, I, how am I going to go up from here? I'm backstage for Reba McIntyre. You know what? The, the, the object of this podcast is to talk to dreamers turned doers and yeah. you, you have that personality, which is wonderful. I mean, you have an idea and it's it, it, my impression of you, Andrea, is you have an idea and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. You don't yeah. necessarily think this is how I am. I don't think through all the steps. No. I just do it. And then I figure it's going to work out. I'm going to figure yeah. it out. And yes. so you had this dream of a cookie camper one night. And then the next thing you know, you're backstage at a Reba McIntyre concert. <laughs> it's bananas is what it is. It is bananas. I do. I get these weird, crazy ideas all the time. And my husband has learned just buckle up and go along for the ride because I do. I get these ideas. So let me tell you, this week I went and got my camper and cause she, I store her in my mother-in-law's um, garage. She lives like a mile away. So I went and got her and I put her in my driveway because I've been wanting to create a cute little awning for just above my door for, cause it's a cookie camper. People are coming up. I didn't want the awning with the poles and everything cause that'll trip somebody. And in any right. case, does not need to be sued. Right. <laughs> so I like, was laying here it is again i'm laying in bed and i i got this dream of this cute little awning and i'm like okay that's what i'm doing this week how am i going to make that happen i i can't wait to share it i i finished it last night i built it out of pvc pipe and command hooks on my camper and it is the freaking cutest thing so i'm so proud of it i i text my dad pictures and he goes are you kidding me where did you buy that? And I'm like, I made it, Dad. And he goes, Oh my God, you have the engineering well, my brain. And I'm like, I know, I just had to make it. I I, I saw the post that you did in our group that we're in together. Yeah, yeah. And it is so cute. And I love how you went to Lowe's. You're like, I don't need any help. Uh, I can do this by myself. You just leave me be. I know what I need. I'm like, go, go, Andrea. And Lowe's and Ace Hardware, if one more man asked me, do you need help finding something? I, I'm not kidding. I was about to throat punch somebody because I'm carrying all my fittings and PVC pipe. I'm good. Where's the bathroom? I mean, let's be honest. That's the only thing I need help with. My, my degree, I have actually have a degree in clothing and textiles. So I know, yes. I know how to sew. I could sew anything. I don't enjoy it though. So I was really? proud of you for doing that. I don't, oh it's too, it's too precise. I go through life fast. Oh. And, and so especially yeah. clothing, you have to really concentrate and the seam allowances have to be the same. And I didn't enjoy that. So, oh, so interesting. So it's, I sew, but I don't follow patterns. I'm a wing it kind of girl. And I just, cause I like that creative part that you right. going. I mean, everything, I love the creative process. How do I get there? How do I make it happen? Boom, let's make it happen. And that's the other thing that I fail all the time, but you never see my fails because I'm not going to post them. But right. the 
deal is you got to keep trying and you got to keep figuring things out. So my awning had a couple fails the first time and I just had to keep like working through it. And I think that's people give up all the time. Like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Well, I didn't become like a dreamer and a doer by just getting up and doing it right the first time. I fail all the time. And I think that's the kicker is that if, if you don't fail, that means that you were at least trying. And the people that never fail, never try. Isn't it fun too, when you can't figure something out? <clears throat> I do this all the time. Yeah. I, I won't be able to figure something out. And I'll think, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. And then I remind myself, okay, just, just take a step back, go to sleep. Yep. And then the next morning, you can figure it out. And yeah. isn't that the greatest feeling ever, especially when you figure it out on your own? Yes. And I think that was my thing with the awning that I did it all on my own. I had to learn how to do all these different things. And then to be able to text my dad and he think I bought it. And I'm like, no dad, I made it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how it feels. Like I am usually so proud of the projects and how I got there. And usually I'm proud of all the fails that I took to get there. I really am. Embrace the fail. Yes. Because I think I wish you could have been in my office with me for all the time that I tried to figure out how to get this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You would think that would be easy. It was not easy because I didn't understand the language that they were using and I had to put my photo in at so many pixels per inch and I didn't know how to do all that. And and it was really confusing. And then I thought, okay, I can figure, I can figure this out. So I watched some videos and I read and I still couldn't figure it out until I went to sleep. And then the next morning I got up and I was fresh and I thought, I'm going to do this today. And you should have seen how excited I was when my picture popped up on the Apple podcast thing. And it said, you're now live or you're now something. I'm like, I did that. I did that without anybody else. And that's another reason I don't have a podcast. Because I I don't talk that language either at all. And see, my husband does. And he would have helped me, but I didn't want to. You on your own. Girl power at its best. That's right. So you're obviously very creative. Yes. How do you how do you manage the business side and the creative side of having a business? Because I think for somebody like us who's very creative, that's where a lot of businesses don't go past the first month. Yeah. Because yes. you have to have both. Yeah, and I will be honest, the last two weeks I have been failing at the business side because I've been wanting to take this time to create. So I have emails and messages sitting there that I haven't responded to. And that, it is so hard. People who are not creative don't understand it. That I am in this creative zone. I need to make and invent things and come up with things. I don't have time for emails and responding to messages and planning. So it is so hard. And I do, I fail at that all the time, to be honest with you. Um, I have gracious customers who know to give me a couple days to respond that I usually, I mean, I do, I put my big girl panties on and you have to to respond to email. That's what I'm doing today is my emails and messages. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get to be in the place I am to create and be that creative person if I wasn't also the business person that allots me to do it. So the good comes with the bad. I mean, I wish I didn't have to do taxes and, you know, all of that stuff, but it comes with it. If I want to do 
this, I have to do this. So right. I like that. You, you just put your big girl panties on. That's how I feel about email. Yes. I cannot tell you how I despise. I, yes. I sit down at the computer and I look at it and I think, what am I going to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. but you have to do it. But I've learned that it's, it's okay too, to ask for help. Like I have somebody now that does my taxes because uh -huh. I, I'm not going to do that. Awesome. And I, I have my cookie cutter subscription box. And when I first started doing that, I was doing everything by myself. I thought this is my thing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to design the cookie cutters. I'm going to make the cookie cutters. I'm going to print the cookie cutters, do the class, pack the boxes. And then I realized, you know, I have a husband yeah. who will help me yeah. and I have wonderful kids. And so my youngest son hires his friends. He's in charge of getting them and, and they pack all of my boxes. And at first, gosh, that was hard because I thought, what yep. if they don't put the cookie cutters in the bags the right way? And then I thought, Lauren, come on, it's a cookie cutter. Yes. And it gives him a real sense of pride, I think, to do that. He's in charge. I say, I here's the day it needs to be done. Here's how many people you need. Oh. It's all in the basement and I yep. walk away. And I think they've messed up maybe two orders. And like you said, your customers are gracious. People are fine. I just needed to learn. Yeah. I can't do everything yes. on my yeah. own. <laughs> I agree. So when I do my pop-ups in my camper, my youngest, she's just turned 11. Of course, they're going to start weed eating around my house. Sorry. Uh, my 11-year-old now comes. Oh, you can't? Okay, good. No. So when I do pop-ups, my youngest comes with me. She's the cashier. Aw. Don't mess with the cashier. I mean, seriously, I'm the one that talks to the customers. And I'm like, ah, you know, the the face and and I'll help put stuff in boxes. But when it comes to cash or credit card and taking payment and change, that's the 11 year old. Don't mess with her territory. Because the moment I reach to give a <laughs> I had to relinquish that, you know, she's been excellent at it. She's she's messed up once or twice with not charging the right amount, like too little. But you know what? I had to let it go. Because and I what a great, yeah. you know, our kids are watching us, everything yeah. we do, right? Yeah. So I think it's great for them to learn. Agreed. Like you said, it, they're learning whenever you mess up, whenever we mess up <clears throat> to, you know, lift their up their bootstraps and try again. Yes. They're learning they can be successful on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur has its ups and downs, but boy, I wouldn't have any other life. Yeah. I mean, not having to ask somebody for time off, being able, it's for me, it's mainly being in charge of my own schedule. Yes, very much. Yeah. Cause there's been times where money gets tight, you know, or whatever. And I will say to my husband, maybe it's time I get a, a job outside the home. Maybe it's time that I hang up the apron, you know? And he's like, let's think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so because this, the flexibility, when he can get off work, we can just go. Right. Um, you know, I handle all the kids stuff. I can handle all of that. It, it's so wonderful being your own boss. It really is. It is. So one thing I was going to ask you, and you've kind of touched on it before is what advice would you give to aspiring bakers? And I mm -hmm. think one, a theme of the past probably 15 minutes 
is just go for it. I mean, is that what you would say? Yeah, I would absolutely say, you know, you're never going to succeed unless you start. You've got to start and you may not know what you're doing and that's okay. Um, I would say for someone that has officially started in the baking world to my biggest advice to anybody is step away from Pinterest. Um, when I was a brand new cookie baker, that's all I did was, okay, dinosaur cookies, search. And then I would mimic what everybody else did. And you see that so much now is that people are just recreating what others do. And to me, that's not artistry. That's not creating. That's not being original. That's not putting that art into it. And so I always say, Google dinosaur google the original thing and see what inspires you from that and people are like well i'm not creative and i'm like but if you never try you're never going to be creative so you right. might fail at it and that's okay you know get a pencil and paper out and see what happens you might surprise yourself you might actually come up with something that nobody has ever done and you're like oh my gosh that is the coolest thing and the pride that you would get from that is like leaps and bounds more important than anything else that's so interesting because I love making, we were talking about floral cookies. That's my favorite thing to do. And when I was first learning florals, that's what I did. I Googled, I Pinterested cookies, not yeah. the real flowers. Mm -hmm. And um, this class that I'm taking, the very first thing that the one that I'm going to learn how to make the peony uh -huh. out of chocolate and a lot of other flowers, she put up, it's a video class. She put up, photographs of real flowers and i thought ding brilliant. ding yeah, exactly. yeah no and that's what i do when i at workshops if you were recreating because we just did botanical notes and i had them recreating um what did we do the bean tree and different things i wasn't showing you like a sketch or a cookie of a bean tree I wanted you to see what a bean tree, I'm like, Google it. A bean tree is real. It's a thing. It's the weirdest tree ever with like long green beans. That's what we're creating. We're not creating a fictional thing that I made up called the bean tree. Google the real thing. And you might be surprised what you actually get from it. I'm going to Google it. I've never heard of a bean tree. Oh, it's C-A-T-U-L-P-A is the technical name. I was so proud of myself. The tulpa, I think is what it's pronounced. The bean tree or the Indian, it's called the Indian tree too. There's all kinds of names. So yeah, no, very cool. Yeah. So can people, if people are going to Cookie Con, because right now it's June of 2023, right? <laughs> Yes. If people are going to Cookie Con, do you still have space available in your class? I do. I have a ton of seats. It's a very strange Cookie Con for me this time. Um, I I usually sell out or sell very well, and I have a lot of seats this time. There is some major amazing classes in Orlando. So if you've ever wanted to come learn florals or nature, um, I have lots of seats and I would absolutely love to have anybody that wants to come learn. And how do you sign up for that class? How would someone sign up? You go to cookiecon.net and you, um, you can purchase it. If you don't want to attend the full cookie con and you just want to take add on workshops, you can do that too. You just go on there and you purchase add on workshops and you can see the whole lineup. I don't even know that I realized that you could do that. That's great for yeah. people who live in the oh, area. Especially in the area. So the first week when it goes on sale, the cookie con tickets, 
um, the first week that workshops go on sale, you have to be an attendee to get that first chance at the ticket. A week later, it opens up to the public. So if anyone lives in the area or short distance and just wants to come take add-on workshops, they can. And it comes well, with a shopper pass too, I think, to where you actually can go into the vendor hall with that purchase. So it's like, I mean, it's a good little deal. You get to learn and go shop and still get the experience of CookieCon without yes. having to commit four days to a convention. Fill up your creative cup. Um, I'm, I have a speed round that I'm going to get to here in just one second. But I remember the very first cookie con that I went to, I paid, I don't know, I think it was $800 for a class. It was, it was, it was insane. Yeah, I think it was a one day, a two day class. I don't even remember because it was a long time ago. Yeah. And maybe it was 500. It was a lot of money. <clears throat> and, and I had buyer's remorse until yeah. I got to the class and yeah. I thought I have never yeah. had so much fun in all of my life because yeah. I just was being, a, I just was being creative. And then I thought also I'm supporting that artist yes. whose work I've have mm -hmm. admired. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't think mm -hmm. about how their purchase is really supporting that person yeah. that they admire and that they watch on Instagram. Cause mm -hmm. we don't get paid nothing for all those videos that we put on Instagram. <laughs> nope. And people don't realize, especially with cookie con, when I teach, I have to travel with my classroom. So everything I have to ship from extension cords to duct tape, to uh, USB drives, to piping that everything comes from Wichita, Kansas, and I have to ship it there and set it up. It is a huge time commitment and uh, financial commitment for me in hopes that students will want to come sit in the class and help me pay for teaching them. So yes. that's a lot. So are you ready for the speed round? I'm ready. Okay, who was your, who was your teenage crush? Um, Vince Gill. Oh. It's too bad he wasn't in con concert with Reba McIntyre, right? <laughs> I don't think I could have mentally handled it, honestly. I mm. People are going to Google who's Vince Gill. Yeah, back in the day. I know who Vince Gill is. <laughs> he, he was my crush back in the day. What about, do you have a favorite cookbook? Um, I do, but I could not tell you for the life of me what it's called. Um, it is a very old cookbook that my mom had, and she found a second copy of it um, and gave it to me before she passed away. And then I felt guilty, and so I actually found another copy and gave it to my brother um, back oh. in the day. So we all had the same version of the cookbook. Um, oh, nice. You have to look it up. I don't know the name of it, but it, it's fantastic. You can tell me. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, perfect. I will. And then do you have a favorite dessert? Oh, I, oh, I love cheesecake. I love plain cheesecake or a raspberry cheesecake. Mm-mm-mm. So Yum. good. Do you um, love creme brulee? Because I think they're very similar. No. Don't love creme brulee? That's where we part. I thought we were so much alike, Andrea, but oh, maybe isn't, not. Isn't creme brulee served warm? No, it's cold. Is it? It's just like... It's almost really? like cheesecake. It's custardy, but then it has a sugared top and normal that you put your. Okay, um, I'll give it. Another, I'll give it another try. So good. Okay. And then if you could Maybe make cookies, tiramisu. tiramisu I don't like. I don't either. Maybe it's creme brulee that's fine. I don't like tiramisu. Soggy bread and. Oh, I don't like it no. 
So if you could make cookies for anyone living or gone, who would it be? Uh, probably my mom. Yeah. Because uh, the cookie cookie world happened after she was gone. And I have no doubt she would be right alongside of me being like my helper or assistant. Um, I think it would be really cool to share. Because uh, at 24, I don't know that you have a lot of passion or a lot of, um, you're not old enough to know what, what drives you or what you're really passionate about. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be really cool to share that with my mom. Isn't that wonderful that you're sharing that with your daughter? Yes. I love it. Both of my girls have been to cookie con. Uh, one loves it and one thinks it's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but she's also, she doesn't, she's not a people person. Like she likes to be in the corner and so it's way too people-y for her but yeah no they both have been involved and um have put together enough boxes that they have earned their keep around the cookie business so yeah i love that um that they see their mom out doing something different and that all their friends know you're the cookie mom right that's right well i have loved talking to you i mean i just was so excited when we were on the same podcast, yes. you were a fill-in host. I yes. thought, man, she's fun to talk to. <laughs> so- and you, you are, and I say this to people, your name, The Cheerful Baker, sums you up to a T. I mean, you Thank are you. just a joy, and I would talk to you anytime. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I look forward to seeing you in a couple months. Okay. I'll be, be there. Okay, yes. well, thanks again for coming on. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah.